Hello guys and welcome back to a very special episode of the After School Special Show. I am Ian. And I'm Ovik. Whoa, you sound totally different, man. It's because I'm not really Ovik. <laughs> it's Reed, you know, the guy who talks about food sometimes. <laughs> so we got Reed in the studio and he is joining me because... Boy, oh boy. Last night, we watched the season premiere of a little a little show. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's on, like, what, Saturday nights? Sunday nights. S- S- M- yeah. Friday nights? What? It's it's what, Game of what? Game of chairs? Game of... Oh, game of stools? Game of Thrones! Game of Thrones! It's happening! <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to talk about that, but <laughs> we probably just peaked, and you guys are bleeding, but... Um, First, before we go into that, we're gonna we're gonna have such a good time talking about that show. But first, we got a couple a couple trailers that came out, and one you're very very passionate about. Mm, one yes. I'm very very passionate about. I'm kind of passionate about. Yeah, the you're other passionate one. about too. But so so we finally got a born trailer. Oh my god! Yeah, and I don't so know good. I don't know how much we're gonna be able to add to this conversation because we Avik and I have kind of covered it already. But dude, this looks so good. It's like that trailer got me really hyped. Yeah. It got me really mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm so excited for this. There were some people, some people were saying, you know, like, oh, this just looks like another Bourne movie. Good. Yeah, that's what I want. Good. I don't want, like, freaking whatever the last one. Okay. The, yeah, yeah. no. the last one wasn't Born, terrible. Bourne Legacy, we're not counting that. It was fine. It was okay. Renner, Jeremy Renner's, he's perfectly fine. Yeah. Perfectly it's just fine. not the but same. But it's not Matt Damon, Paul Greengrass oh, born. Oh, my God. Matt it's Damon, not. please. You're so good. And Paul Greengrass is back. He is, like, the master of the chase scene. Mm-hmm. Like, the best scenes from that original Born trilogy were the chase scenes. We got Avik over here in the studio. He's doing homework. He's nodding. Um, <laughs> but oh, I'm just so excited. I just want, like, I grew up with Born. I, I, I own the Born trilogy, like, the box set DVDs. I'm I'm so excited. This like with this and Star Wars, like I'm reliving my childhood. It's I know me all kinds of nostalgia. And, you know, usually people get all upset when they do movie reboots, but when you're, you know what, bringing back a series and not really rebooting it, and you're doing a continuation yeah. after an and, extended period of time, that's exciting. In the Bourne movies, you're, they're not going up for an Oscar. Like, oh no, that's not exactly. what they're for. Like this is just a, an an action movie with a really good leading man with a really good action director just doing it. I know, hey, that might sound a little bit like other movies we've discussed in the past that (laughs) are part of a series, maybe a cinematic universe. (laughs) Um, I I might be a little biased when it comes to the Bourne series. You know, sue me. I don't really care. I am so excited for this. So hype. Cannot wait. Jason Bourne is back. Better than ever. Oh, so good. Now we're going to jump right into little trailer you are excited for ah yes it finally came it finally came everyone <laughs> that dr strange trailer god i'm happy oh my god i've been waiting for this ever since they announced that they were making the f-ing movie all right benedict cumberbatch best casting you could have ever gotten of all time for that role mostly because dr strange is a sherlock holmes with magic and you know benedict cumberbatch plays sherlock but Besides that, the rest of the trailer was so unbelievably cool. You know, everyone's been hating on special effects recently, but when you got special effects like that, that are so Inception-esque, that's how you know how to get right to my heart with the Doctor Strange movie. It looked awesome. I just wanted to see how long you could go without me interrupting you. How long was it? That was about a minute. Yeah, I'm not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) So, So my very, very 
Like, I know nothing about this friend, this series. I know nothing about the character, nothing about his origin story. This is completely foreign to me. He's the Sorcerer Supreme of Earth, Ian. How do you my, not know who he bad, is? My bad, dude. My bad. But this looks, this looks good. I'm interested. It's going to be Marvel's like, take on an Inception-like kind of mind-gamey sort of movie. Yeah. And I think, if executed properly, it's up there for best in the Marvel series. Definitely very different. It's not mm-hmm. going to be Guardians of the Galaxy. In See, fact, it's probably going to be the direct opposite. What I really, really like about the Marvel franchise and all their all their separate movies, especially recently with Ant-Man. I liked Ant-Man. Ant-Man was a good movie. I like these movies because it seems like... I know with Game of Thrones, yesterday night, we were kind of talking about, you were mentioning that like each of the characters' chapters is kind of like a different genre. Yeah, and that's what Marvel's doing, this is which what is Marvel's why the doing. Avengers movies aren't doing as well as the individual exactly. ones, in my opinion. I don't love the Avengers movies. I feel like I'm going to like the Justice League a lot more than the Avengers. But I'm, really, I'm really, really enjoying these standalone Marvel movies with, you know, like the Ant-Man origin story. This looks really, really cool because they're, they're their own movies. They're yeah. not concerned about building to this, this greater... Well, like, they you know, are they, eventually, yes, and it's going to get to that and point. You're gonna have, like, you have to have your mandatory standalone or the the mandatory cameos. Yeah, with whatever Black Falcon or whatever is. Black, name. who the hell are you? There's Falcon, and then Falcon. there's Black Panther. Okay, my bad. I, let me just my bad for mistaking <laughs> you know all the black characters in Marvel to have a black <laughs> prefix because that is the case, kind of. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's it's bad, but like, so you know you have to have that, and I know. Oh, forgive me. What's the director's name of Hot Fuzz? Oh, Edgar Wright. Wright. Thank you, Avik. Edgar Wright was going to do the Ant-Man movie, but he was turned off because Marvel said, look, we need to have this scene at the Avengers base. Yep. And he was really turned off by that. He just wanted to make a standalone genre movie. And although that wasn't fully achieved, you still, like, that was a heist movie. Yeah, as with with superheroes. Yes, with a superhero lens. And this feels like a very much like a, a fantasy yeah, uh, not this really is sci-fi, this, fantasy. This, this will be the inception of the Marvel movies. Yeah. And I know, I know I just said that, but like kind of the way that Doctor Strange's kind of magic works is through this area called the Astral Plane, mm-hmm. which I think the way they're going to play it is similar to how Inception did Dreams. Okay. Where it's it's self-contained world where anything can happen. Um the Astral Plane in Marvel in the Marvel comics is super super weird. Uh, but here, I think they're kind of doing it as a layer on top of reality, which is kind of how it works in the comic mm-hmm. books. Um, but you saw that scene where um, Benedict Cumberbatch is first forced into astral projection for the first time. He's kind of punched out of his body. Um, and I think that's going to be how it's going to really work, where it's kind of layers of the world on top of one another, which is, you know, how Inception worked, where it's dreams on top, yeah. on top of dreams. And Inception was one of my favorite movies of all time. I, it's incredible. I love that movie. Tom yeah. Hardy, Leo, just incredible. Um, Christ Nolan. Um, <laughs> but I, one thing that kind of bothered me, like that that scene with like this, the I don't even know what to call it, like the city bent on top of each oh, other. Oh, with the multiple layers of New York? That was just completely, that was just, it's torn off the storyboard of Inception. Oh yeah, and I think that's kind of the point. Uh, I think like, I, I think that, that kind of bothers me. I think me a that's bit. kind of supposed to invoke that okay, feeling. That's fine then, but I know again, I'm really excited for this. It seems like Marvel is kind of like experimenting almost with yeah, the genre movies. They're they're trying really to they're trying for. to push a little bit more cuz they can very easily just continue to make Avengers movies on Avengers movies, which they are going to do, but I like that they're kind of taking this 
lack of a better word, artsy take where they're doing these genre movies. Obviously, these aren't, again, they're not going up for Oscars. Mm -hmm. They're not particularly, you know, good movies in like a, you know, Tribeca, Kane's Film Festival sense. Yeah, that's, and but, that's not why they're being made. Exactly. But I'm just saying they're kind of, you know, I like these genre movies and it would be really cool if we saw. They're you know, fun. Like, they're a change even of like pace. the Daredevil show is, you know, like a dark crime show. Mm-hmm. It's not really a superhero show. Yeah. So I really like the their direction they're taking with this, as opposed to the DC movies, which at this point are all just like super dark and really serious. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if um, Suicide Squad or Captain or um, Wonder Woman yeah go in different directions, which I think they will. I think Suicide Squad is going to take more of a direction where it's uh, mm-hmm. dark humor instead yeah. of just pure grit. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if they ever kind of. Th- let's, I don't know if they'll bit. really branch off. Yeah. But that'll be interesting to see. So now, are you ready? We get to it. Oh, I'm just, I'm so excited. One of the reasons we wanted to kind of kind of take a break from the pod for a week um, was one, the NBA playoffs, and two, I wanted to do a recap of Game of Thrones. It was going to be too close to doing like a prediction show, and I really just wanted to to hit it off with some like cold, hard, hot takes, reactions. I I just wanna I just wanna dissect this episode. Yeah, let's get to it. Um, so starts off where they left off. Yes, with Jon Snow. Also, spoiler alert. I think that's okay. If you haven't seen it up to this point, <laughs> you probably shouldn't even be listening. Well, to we, we had of the an podcast. issue with uh, a couple of people say they got Fight Club spoiled for them. Like, if we ever do a movie oh, of the week, please. if we ever talk about anything, we put time codes in the description for a reason. Just like we're sorry if we spoil anything, but just just skip it. Move on. They're longer podcasts. Yeah. Okay. Leave off. Jon Snow is still dead. Yep, 100% dead. Like like everybody knew he was going to be. But now we have this situation with Ser Davos and all the, the motley crew of the Night's Watch. Yeah, and it's not, it's not even a motley crew. It's Davos and it's Davos four and others and, the, and yeah, uh, the ghost. Yeah. So I'm really, really interested to see where they're going to take Jon Snow. And one of the things I really liked about this episode, you know, it wasn't like the fast-paced kind of a crazy episode like eight nine ten were last year yeah but this really set up the season it set up the season really well mm-hmm. and, and th- now, it was apparent that they knew they were coming off of a really long break so yes. they're laying the foundations for something that they know will have to be totally new because this is the first season that's breaking from the books while also referring back to the previous seasons mm-hmm. and some for some people that was a complaint but i kind of like that because i think universe, you need it this universe is so complex. And, like, I guarantee you I'm going to forget a name somewhere in here. I, I'm going to mess up on a name. You've read I, all the books. I've, I've read all the books, and I still came into the show forgetting names left exactly. and right. And Ian yeah. can attest to that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I like that we have this kind of refresher and we get to see, like, just the the small aftermath of a lot of these events that transpired yeah. in the previous season. I think that was the coolest part. Um, mm-hmm. And it really it – really, each of the storylines were ended – and now it's setting the stage for this season like, mm-hmm. in every single storyline. Yeah. So I, I really, I'm really interested to see where this Jon Snow storyline is going with the Melisandre twist at the end, and you know, Ser Davos. You know, he's like he is committed. He is, you know, ride he's, or die for yeah. Jon Snow right now. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I, I really hope that at the end of the season, uh, Davos gets his way, but. From the episode, it's very obvious that he has the odds stacked against him, but he has an ace in the hole, 
with Melisandre. Yes. And she's the wild card. We'll we'll get to her kind of at the end of when mm-hmm. we're talking about it for the closing scene that she's involved in. Um, but to move on from the wall, let's go to where they went next, which I believe was Dorne. Um, or was it? No, it was Winterfell. Correct. Yes. It was Winterfell. So here we have we have Sansa has escaped. Um, with Reek, <laughs> uh, poor with guy. With Theon, um, he didn't have a hard time crossing the river with his with you know no genitalia. No, no. Um, yeah. Comes in handy, you know. Yeah, you yeah. know benefits of <laughs> being. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> oh well. But so your gal, why don't you? Your gal comes in. All right, so we got. We got Santa Stark. Well, so yeah. So first of all, I was like, when, when, um, what, what's Reek's master's name? Oh, um, Bolton. Yeah, Ramsey Bolton. Ramsey. So when Ramsey's like his hounds, his men are coming after them. I, I was kind of surprised. Like they, they, they found up them, them right away. They caught up. You know, the age-old trick of crossing the mm-hmm. body water didn't really work. Yep. Um, and you know, they were trapped, and you were like, oh, like why? Oh, this already happened. Like this, this. Sucks. They're gonna go back to Ramsey and they're gonna get flayed. Um, and I was like, "No, nope, watch out for the the Dos Ex Machina, man." And then out of nowhere, your gal out of f-ing nowhere, <laughs> Brianna Tarth comes in hot with my boy Podrick Payne, and they kill those motherfuckers so quick. Oh my god, it was beautiful. I love Brianna Tarth. I think she's one of the best characters in the show and in the books, just because you know her and. Arya Stark are like the two girls who don't fit the system mm-hmm. and they kick yeah. big time. They in one of the reactions online that I was seeing a lot was like like oh how did her and Pod take on all these like I, she is It's like, because she's the best yes. knight in Westeros yes. hands down. Yes. There you go. So that answers that. <laughs> and she just like she's been training Pod for exactly. a fair yeah, amount yeah. of time mm-hmm. at this point. Yes. And she's, he he's it, been on the road with her. And granted, he he was keeping up with that other guard for a while and yeah, mm-hmm. he did lose his sword and you know, my boy <laughs> my boy Reek, Theon comes in with a big stab mm-hmm. to take out the last so, guy and save him, but Do you think do you think Reek is now back to Theon? Oh no, he is far far from Theon. Still granted, he's, he's gaining traction, but I don't even know if okay. he'll ever be able to come back. Yeah. I see that. At least he's kind of. He's he's grown some balls. Nah, and lost them. Yeah, but you, but, know. you know he's 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 regenerating. I'd say. Uh, bit by bit. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. You know when the last season rolls around, what they're gonna mm-hmm. do with him? Because I think this is really gonna be uh, similar to Jamie Lannister's story, a story about redemption. The man who came in and kind of ruined everything for the Starks and really had the tables turned on him and. Now that he kind of realizes that and he's helping Sansa out, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's going to end with him kind of coming full circle yeah. and being a, mm-hmm. being a good guy. And one thing I'm sure we'll talk about uh, in a little bit is just that, like, the Stark girls and the Stark family. Like, They're coming in hard. Dude, they are stacked right now. Yeah. They are stacked. They got we got, everything we got going our girl them. Sansa with Brienne. Besides the two dead ones. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got Sansa rolling deep with Pod and Brienne. We got well, Jon Snow still waiting. He's not technically oh a Stark. Oh my God, kid, he's we, dead. Yeah, but dead he's not. It. He's not dead. Dead. We know he's gonna come back somehow. No, he he's has dead. To. No, he's gonna come back Ripper somehow. Reno, Jon Snow through through Ghost or whatever. He's gonna be back in some form. All right. We got we got Arya, who is just really wait till she's, she picks. She's up. at a low point right now, but she's gonna be a bamf. Wait really till she soon. picks up. And then we got Bran. Bran's gonna. 
He is be he is the sick. sleeper. He is this year's sleeper. Oh, absolutely. No doubt. Um, Draft that kid in the fourth round. Uh, reach on him. I don't care. He is going to be – I'm so hyped to see like, what, what his powers are. And he's going to be the link, you know. So there's that whole overlying plot of, like, you know, the walkers, the yes. white walkers. And yep. he's going to be the one who, like, finally reveals to us what the f*** is going on in exactly. the show. Exactly, because he's been, he's been gone a full season. Mm-hmm. We have no idea what he's been up to. He's going to have grown, like, two feet. You know, <laughs> he might be linked in with that tree like the other green seer was at the end of the season, you know, just stuck in it. So we have no idea. What about Hodor? Where's my boy Hodor? He's with them. I know. But like, what, what has he been up to? He's been chilling with Bran. Yeah, but he, Bran's doing. been like training or like, you know, warging or whatever. But what if Hodor's just like, well, Hodor kind of acts as one of his wargs. I know. But like, it must be kind of boring. Like your, your well, buddy's just going off training and you're just like, he's a slower gentleman. Like I don't think you know? he gets bored as easily. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, what else we got? So we have the Dorn plot line. That which, was wild. That, I can't oh. believe that. So like, I'm a huge fan of the books and the books are definitely taking a slower pace with, uh, the stuff going on in Dorne. And, you know, there still is that underlying resentment with the sand snakes, but they came out big time. And if you haven't seen it yet, prepare for some spoilers. Cause they're happening right now. Um, sand snakes are taking over. They came in and they killed literally everyone. Basically just a full regime, regime change. Yeah. Um, complete 180. So, you know, at the end of season five, um, what's her face? Lannister dies because she's poisoned. Yeah. Marcella. Well, thank you. Marcella, uh, dies poisoned, And, um, Tristane Martell and his father, the prince, both killed by the Sand Snakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the prince was completely backstabbed. Just no well, warning. Literally, yeah. Literally yeah. just Spear take, the back taken the out. Yeah. Um, and then Tristane wasn't caught off guard as much. Um, I thought it was a really cool scene. You know, two of the Sand Snakes came in and they were like, you can choose who you're going to die by, me or her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, I'll choose you. So he turns to fight this girl well, and oh, yeah, immediately yeah. gets stabbed yeah. directly through the yeah, face by the other yeah. one. So I've been really, really confused, and I think a lot of people have, by the Dorn storyline. I don't really see where it's going. I don't really see what significance it has in besides Marcella dying. So And the, the fact that, like... Because of the war that's been kind of ravaging the Seven Kingdoms, Dorn is the only survivor because they have autonomy more or less yeah so they are now the major military force in westeros pretty much because everyone's still involved in other conflicts Mm -hmm. um and the lannisters still have a ton of power as well so the whole decision was that uh the prince didn't want to go to war because he didn't want to put dorne in that position he just wanted to stay out of it and kind of focus on keeping dorne safe um as where the Sand Snakes wanted to uh, revenge Oberyn Martell, okay. who died to the mountain. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and now I, I envision, I imagine that's kind of setting up a oh. Lannister. Uh, the Lannister Dorn War yeah. is sure to happen because uh, now that the prince is dead, the only and Tristane as well, the only successors are the Sand Snakes because they're all part of that family. Okay, that makes um, sense now. And now they have no ties. To the Lannisters because both Tristane and Marcella Marce- are dead. Okay, that makes a lot more sense now. So I can see where this is kind of actually building something. Before I, I really had no idea what where they were going with yeah. this. But that'll be really interesting. Um, 
so the I, the two major conflicts I see coming up um, are really the Doran Lannister battle, and then you have the um, I don't really know. It was in the in the promo, but it sounds like it's going to be some kind of like Night's Wash. Night Night's Wash. Night's that'd be wash. that'd be a really good like laundromat uh, name. The Night's and, Wash. <laughs> um, maybe like a little al- a bar. You know how this yeah. like, bar on the side. <laughs> maybe some like jazz music. We're copywriting that idea. No problem. <laughs> um, coming to Sydney near you. So, like a Night's Watch Wildlings versus the the Flayers. Forgive me, I keep forgetting their names. Oh, uh, yeah, the Boltons. Yes, the Boltons. I don't so, even know if that's going to come up, you know, because now, now with Jon Snow dead, he was the one who really wanted to go and get back at the Boltons. But in the promo, yes. there, it was really I think, obvious. I think they're envisioning, like, Sansa maybe going to – because they know Jon Snow is there. Yeah. So maybe they're thinking Sansa is going to go to the only place that she has, like, a known relative. Yep. Because um, exactly. she has no idea where Arya is. It looks like she's going to be learning more about – where Arya went because she was tied to um, to Brienne. Yes. So that'll yes, be yes, interesting. Yes. But that'll be a really, really fascinating dynamic where you have – oh, my God. I forgot their name again. Boltons. The Boltons. Yes, the Boltons. <laughs> coming into the mix with the Wildlings and the Night's Watch in the Jon Snow affair. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the Night's Watch now, again, now that Jon's dead – uh, really doesn't like the wildlings. So what might happen is that uh, Night's Watch is going to get caught up in this big fight with the wildlings now that the wildlings are behind the wall. And um, if the Boltons come up, that's kind of three parties all battling it out. And it's going to be unclear which side the wildlings are going to take because on one hand, they probably really don't like the Boltons because the Boltons definitely want to kill them. But on the other hand, the Night's Watch also wants to kill them. Well... It was interesting because the guy who left um, Jon Snow's the room yes. with Ser Davos, they were they talked about like oh well who's the one group who like also kind of hates the, the Night's Watch right now. So I'm could Ser Davos and company enlist the help of the Wildlings? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, I think that's an option. And then you could have kind of like a, like you said like a three a three way kind of like a Bolton um, Jon Snow. And uh, Night's Watch thing going on. That could be yeah. really, really interesting. It's going to be really interesting. And then you goes. still, like, winter is here. Yeah. Winter got to go arrived. down hard. Like, this is no joke. This is no, like, seeing them marching once a season thing. Like, this is, it's here. Like, you saw what they did at Hard Home. That's, that's yeah, no joke. Yeah, they're about to get yeah, Like, exactly. no, no joke. They're going to roll up at the wall. Um, And, you know, and there's in the books, there's this whole talk about uh, this horn called the Horn of Joraman, which, um, uh, what's his face? Mance Raider claimed that he had, and that horn brings down the wall. And um, there was mentioned in the books earlier, and I can't remember if this was done as well in the show, uh, where there's a scene where John and Samuel Tarly are in the woods on the other side of the wall, and they come across this stash of obsidian weapons and a cracked horn and i don't remember if that's Hmm. in the show but it's in the books i don't think it was all right it's 100 percent in the books and there's a lot of speculation that that is the horn of joraman um even though mance raider had claimed that this big elaborate horn that he has is it but it's okay 
I, I think that could be where it is. And in the books, that's the speculation that that's how um, the White Walkers are going to get into Westeros is someone's going to use the horn okay. not knowing what it does, and it brings the wall down. That'll be really interesting to see if that comes anything. I think that would be more like a season seven thing. Yeah, I don't no, think... absolutely. That's yeah. late game. That's yeah. late game. Seven, eight. Um, the thing that kind of like a something that I haven't heard mentioned too much online is that uh, Brienne has a Valerian steel sword. That is correct. Which she we has know. Which one we know that was melted down from um, Ed Stark's old sword. Yes. One so, of two. So we know that Jon Snow has one and Brienne has one. Yep. Jamie so, Lannister also has one. Yes. So these are kind of like, you can see like the key players for the last act yeah. come into place. And that's why like Jon Snow has to come back in some way. Yeah. I, I see where you're coming yeah. from with that because, you know, he's the owner of one of the, the exactly. Valyrian steel and swords. And you have the prophecy. Uh, which, which who knows who what knows they're going to do with that in the Brand, show. It could be whatever. That's still, yeah, that's still unclear. Um, so I think we've pretty much covered our bases up north. Do you want to head south and a little over to Essos, maybe? Yeah, absolutely. So we have. Let's I'm go not King, gonna King's Landing first. King's Landing. So I don't, ah, f- Cersei Lannister. Yeah, she sucks. pretty much. Um, so you got all the high sparrow f- going on. You have um, oh, what's her face? The queen in the uh, Marjorie Tyrell. Yeah, she's in uh, custody still. Yep. Um, she has not confessed, despite. <laughs> numerous beatings and whatnot because she has done nothing wrong yes um and we have the lannisters now they have like means to seek revenge now yeah they have a reason to go out and kick somebody's ass, which is always interesting when the when the lannisters have a reason to yeah. start a war but i think what's going to happen is i think uh the high high septon high sparrow is going to get in their way religion is going to get in their way because you can kind of see that people are tending to side with this really big religious movement that's mm-hmm. going on in King's Landing, and it's kind of spreading. And so as where Cersei had all of her power consolidated and the fact that she's, like, her family sits upon the Iron Throne, now you're seeing that people are valuing uh, the religion a lot more. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, Cersei was able to be prey around the streets butt naked. That's why Marjorie Tyrell's locked up, even though everyone loves Marjorie Tyrell is because people are fanatic about uh, the new gods. So it'll be interesting to see if, you know, they kind of step in and there's going to be backlash from Cersei there. And And there's been a lot in the promos, uh, even for like the next episode. Yeah. About a rising conflict within King's Landing. Exactly. So that'll be really interesting to see play out. I don't think there's anything else there. We haven't seen anything from Tom. No. Uh, there was some stuff in the season trailers about him, but nothing I yet don't see that from up, uh, River Run mm-hmm. as well. Though we know we're going to be seeing a lot more of that in the future. Mm-hmm. No Iron Isles. No Iron Isles, and we know Th- we're going to be seeing be a players. lot of that mm-hmm. in the future as well. Uh, so let's take it over to uh, I guess Bravos, where we have yeah. my my favorite Stark child. Holy, coming in hot. Arya She's Stark. Blind now though. She is blind after the um, occurrences last season, mm-hmm. but. We see her, this has to be rock bottom for her. Oh, this is the lowest point she's ever going to reach. But, you know, if you've read the books like I have, you know where she's mm-hmm. about to head. And yeah. it's and we won't, let's not give crazy. book spoilers. No, I don't, no, no, no. Cool. But, so she's not selling uh, oysters, clams, and cockles anymore. She is she's a... She's begging. Yeah, she's a beggar at this point. On the street blind. And so we see this, the, I don't know what you would call the other girl. Just uh, like, she's, um, she's an apprentice. A pres- apprentice for the many-faced god. Um, 
And so I, I assume that Ari is just going to be training, basically. Yeah, so um, kind of the whole thing with the wooden sticks is that every day this apprentice from the House of Black and White is going to come beat the shit out of Arya until she learns how to fight back using her other senses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, assuming when she does that, she'll be able to move further in her training. Yes. So it looks like from the season trailers and next week's promo next week next week's promo there's a quick quick clip of her like blocking one of the strikes so yeah. we see her progressing and then in the season 6 trailer she's back in the house of black and white and she is training with uh, I, don't, I don't know what the guys the assassins uh, the actual one of the head assassins they a man. they don't really use names there mostly because they yeah. the whole point of third person the many face bot many face god is that they're granted the power to change their appearance to be nothing yeah so they they are nothing yes um so i can't wait to see where she goes with this and i am just oh dude like season eight you're gonna have Arya at like the height of her powers you're gonna have bran at the height of his powers you're gonna have probably john snow back in some capacity whether it's through ghost whether it's I don't even know at this point, but, and then you're going to have Sansa hopefully as like, you know, she could be like the leader of the new Stark clan, mm-hmm. basically, if she can, you know, kind of get her gain some support in the North. So I cannot wait for like the end of this season, seven, eight. I just think this is going to be like the best two or three years of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's going to um, be great. Well, we're forgetting two people here. We're forgetting, well, you know, we're, we're getting there. So let's wrap everything up. So let's make our way across the narrow sea over to Essos where we have, I think I'm assuming these are the two key players you're talking about with, uh, with Danny, you know, Daenerys is definitely in a rough spot right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really didn't like that scene with her and, um, uh, Cal, whatever his name is. You didn't like the witty Dothraki banter. There was some witty Dothraki banter in there. Very HBO-esque witty <laughs> yes. Dothraki banter, And it was one thing that kind of, like, struck me. It was, like, didn't, like, in the first two seasons, all the Dothraki were just, like, really heart-eating savages. Nah. And now they have, they've acquired the the taste for some banter. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that seems kind of weird. But, I, yeah. hey, it was, it was a good moment. We both laughed. Yep. Um, and, you know, I didn't like the whole thing. Like, how do you not know who... Daenerys Targaryen exactly. is at this point. You, you must have heard. I know the plains of whatever is do- really, really big. Dothraki Sea. The Dothraki Sea is really big. But still, come on. She's like, she has dragons. Yeah. It's, and people across the pond to say know mm-hmm. who she is. And I don't know. I just found it very hard to believe that uh, this Cal wouldn't know who the, first of all, the wife of one of the other Cal's is, not to mention that she's already taken over one of the largest cities in Essos. Um, but yeah, uh, she's in a rough spot and I think s- someone's going to come in and snag her. And it's, it's probably going to be um, Jorah Mormont and uh, what's his face? Yeah. Her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, basically I'm just, I'm going into this with a positive outlook. We've, we've spent, like probably two or three seasons too long in Essos with Danny, in my opinion. I know mm, no, they need she, to. I know they need to, to wait it out, and she needs to train, and the dragons need to grow and whatnot. But I just I need to see her in Westeros, man. But she's like the one. I she know. she is I the know. Neo of Game of Thrones. I know. 
you know, we, we got to give her time because she's the one who's got to come in for that big climactic ending and only uh, returns to Westeros in its hour of need. I know. But I just, I really want to see her over there, man. And I know, I'm I'm hoping that this this voyage, this kind of like offshoot with the Dothraki has some... Some, some to it. Yeah, exactly. A little more substance than what exactly. seems to Exactly, right and now. I really don't hope she goes to wherever the Widow's home. Uh, I re- she, yeah. I really in, hope uh, it's just Rock. not her playing Mahjong and Dominoes <laughs> and Bingo. I really hope we, we get some, some value out of that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, then I'd say last but not least... Maybe my favorite. Ah, the, the greatest of all time. Maybe my favorite character. The biggest little man in the world. <laughs> we have Tyrion over, you know, just just taking his, his yeah. seat on the throne, so to speak. And, you know, I don't think we saw nearly enough of him in this episode as I wanted to see because he is now in his element. He's exactly. running a city again. Yep. And that's what he was meant to do. Yes. I'm so excited to see where he goes with this and his relation to Danny. Can't wait to see him eventually back in Westeros. I don't even think he needs to go back to Westeros. I think Tyrion is the kind of leader who consolidates his power in Marine, and, you know, with the assistance of Varys, can branch out and get his hands and all kind of pies and be able to manipulate everything just from that one center of power in Marine. Essentially, what I think could happen is Tyrion could take over all of Essos, you know, if Daenerys doesn't do it first. Mm-hmm. I will say... That one Essos is very large. And oh, I think it's it'd be huge. Very, very difficult to. But rule I, with I the honestly, and... I wouldn't underestimate. You're not taking over the Dothraki, but yeah. they they have the Dothraki. The, the cities, the main cities. Um, I would just say don't underestimate Tyrion because that's what everyone does. Oh, I don't in think I ever Game have. of Thrones. I don't think I ever um, have. This dude is. I've been team, team Tyrion from the start. He's the biggest little man in the East. Exactly. So yeah. He will show what he's got when it comes to running, uh, Marine mm-hmm. and. I, I still think he's going to he, – by the end, he's going to end up in Westeros again just to shove it oh, in whoever's face. Yeah, absolutely. He's, yeah. What, one, what's probably going to happen is he's going to jump in Westeros and he's going to become the head of the Lannister family again. Probably, yeah. But I, I'm really excited to see him in season six and seven, like you said, ruling the city, where it looks like they have a little bit of a, a Bernie Sanders problem with the, yeah, the you 1% know, of the Daenerys the sons came of the in and really Bernie Sanders the whole place. Yeah. No, no, no offense to Bernie Sanders. He does have some Oh, no, ideas. I love Bernie. Bernie's, Bernie's um, my guy. But yeah, you know, she really stirred up the whole one percent slave owners by freeing all the slaves and such, which you know is always a good way to free all the slaves. You, why would you ever free the slaves? <laughs> Whoever thought that was a good um, idea. And you know, you definitely got that one percent backlash, and it shows because mm-hmm. and you have they, to re- reopen the fighting pits yeah, and they ruined the city. Last they season. burned. Yep. The, uh, oh, the port. That was like that was such a deflating moment for yeah. me. And like Tyrion was basically speaking for all the audience. He was like. Well, I guess we're not going to Westeros anytime soon, are we? Like, yep, exactly, uh, exactly. But so it's I, gonna be it's gonna be cool to see him kind of mm-hmm. turn the tables and be able to uh, manipulate events in Marine. Again, I'm really excited. I think this episode really set up this season really, in really well in a positive light. Um, now we kind of we kind of recap the episode. I want to get in some kind of <laughs> like uh, some extracurriculars, if you will. Extracurricular um, talks. So. I wanted to break down each of our top three storylines for this upcoming season. Um, Absolutely. So for me, I think my number one is going to be Arya, just because I love her as a character. She's been my favorite character. I totally agree with you there. Uh, Arya's going to come up in a really big way. It's really mysterious. I don't really know what's going to come from this without reading the books. She could be a huge, huge player. Essentially what's going to happen is she's going to become the world's best assassin. Basically. 
And it's going to be cool as hell. It's going to be really cool. I'm so excited to see that. She is so awesome. She still has, oh, what's her um her sword's name? It's still hidden in the oh, rocks. Oh, uh, Needle. Needle. It's still hidden in the rocks over by the port. I hope that Needle makes a comeback at some point. Um, so I'm really excited for that. My number two is probably Jon Snow. I'm telling you, that man is not going to play a role in this season. I don't know. Maybe not this season. But he's going to play a role in season seven and eight. I'd say the plot line that you really have to watch out for up north is Davos Seaworth and Melisandre. That is going to be some crazy that, interplay with some magic stuff going on. Is that your number two? Yeah, that's my number okay. two. Absolutely. I can get behind that. Um, yeah, I'm really – I love Sir Davos. One of my favorite characters. He's just – he's an awesome guy. He's really like – he's like the, the average dude of, of Westeros. Except for the fact that he's like – the average dude who always comes in big. Well, well, yeah. I mean, there's no average guy in yeah. Westeros because you're obviously you're either the one percent or you're like a, a slave or a bottom, farmer. Bottom bill. Yeah. For three, I'm gonna have to go with Bran because yeah, keep an eye just, for that guy. We haven't seen him at all the, like last season, and he could, like I've said for a lot of these Stark kids, he could make some serious moves in this season and beyond. Like we have no idea what his powers are like. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. He could, like, warg White Walkers, for all we know. He can't do that. I'm telling you, I he can't do that. I don't know, man. That's, like, know. conflicting magic. Okay. He, what he can do is he can 100% communicate with them. Okay. Which okay. I think is going to be one of the most interesting parts of the season. The only reason that's not, like, number one or two for me, I'm with you with the number three, is because we didn't see him this episode, so we don't know what mm-hmm. to expect. That's fine. I'm just really hype. And we saw in the season six trailer, there's one shot of, like, the Night's King behind him. Yep. So there's going to be some, like, I, I'm i just so excited to see. I, that's probably going to be more of an end of the season, second half of the season type thing. Yes, definitely. We're probably going to see a little bit of him in the coming episodes. I know he was in the next episode's promo, <coughs> but you can never trust those 100%. So, yeah. That'll be I'm, more of a reintroduction. Yes. I'm really excited for that. Um, and then what's your number three? Uh, You know, that might be my number three, but I also keep an eye on Brienne and Sansa. Because what's going to happen is Sansa's going to come out of nowhere. Uh, people have no idea where she's been, uh, except for when she came back to be married to Ramsay Bolton. But now that she's gone, people are going to see that she's kind of gone away from Ramsay Bolton, and she's going to start consolidating her own power. Yes, I agree. She's. I think she's going to kind of mull up some interest in the North mm-hmm. uh, with all these you know, smaller houses. And maybe in the Wildlings. You never know. Yeah, it could be possible. Yeah. Uh, I definitely agree with that. And I'd like to mention, like, all these, I think almost all of our storylines have a Stark kid in them. Like, yeah. Game of Thrones might be the Song of Ice and Fire, but in my opinion, at least the show, is the story of the Starks. It's really cool yeah. to see them, their fall from grace with the Red Wedding, and now they're starting to really rebuild. And they're still, like, they're still at lows. Oh, like, absolutely. Arya is at a low. But now's the point where they can finally start coming back. Exactly. And, I mean, <laughs> Jon Snow is as low as yeah. you can get. But yep. Again, like he's gonna six have feet s- under low. <laughs> he's gonna have some role, at least in influence. You can keep your hope up. So, I was gonna do a character to watch, but I think we kind of covered that with the storylines. I want to know which character are you absolutely fed up with? Which character are you done? Who are you gonna release? Who are you gonna amnesty? Anything involving Cersei Lannister, including all the <laughs> high septon religious bullshit that's going on. Uh, I think everyone really hates Cersei Lannister, 
but I think I might even hate the High Septon even more, just because it's completely ridiculous at this point. Yeah, it's a little overkill for me. This whole, both the character and the storyline, mm-hmm. I'm just really not that interested. I, I think it's a necessary evil. Um, I agree with you on that. I'm going to go with Ramsey Bolton. Like, just that guy in general. Uh, see, you can say that now, but when he gets f***ed over later this season, it's going to be the most beautiful thing ever. Okay, that's fair. I think it's a it's a situation where I love to hate him, where yeah. I'm just like, I look at him and I just despise him. But I, again, I really want to see him just get flayed. For me, that used to be Cersei Lannister. Like, I love to hate Cersei yeah. Lannister. But, but now, now it's like, enough already. Like, I, I need like, yeah. to be done Ugh, with this woman. I can't even look at her short, short Oh hair. my god, that haircut. Stop. So... I think that about wraps it up, but we do have to address the ending with yes. Melisandre. Um, I'd like to clear up some confusion. I know a lot of people are probably really confused about that. Um, so that is actually what Melisandre looks like. Melisandre isn't this beautiful young priestess. She's old, and she's so old, we don't know how old she actually is. Dude, that's what birthing, like, five shadow babies does to you, man. <laughs> it's very true. Um <laughs> But yeah, so essentially, Melisandre's whole deal, now that she's taken off her magic necklace and revealed what she's actually looked like to us, we see that she's actually like probably hundreds upon hundreds of years old, and the power of um, the Lord of Light is keeping her alive for this long. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I have some hope for Jon Snow, just because of how she's powerful she is. ridiculously powerful. Exactly. And it'll be interesting to see you know, if she can invoke the spirit of Jon Snow in some way or another. Um, and that's kind of what the episode, the end of the episode was supposed to show us. Is okay. that Because I was a little confused at first myself. It's to show that we don't know who this woman is. Mm-hmm. We've, or how powerful we've, she really we've is. We've thought of her as kind of this woman who stepped up and is kind of led on Stannis yeah, for maybe, a long time. Maybe a little crazy. Yeah, may, maybe a little crazy, but mm-hmm. now we know. Yeah. Now we know that she's about her business and she means some serious for what's going to happen for the rest of the Game of Thrones storyline. Okay. I think that about wraps it up. We're going to yeah. have probably a recap every single week. Um, it might not be with you. It might just be, you know, me kind of talking to Avik if you're not around. But I really like having you on the show, man. And you'll be right back with some Chain Gourmet in about 30 seconds, my man. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thanks for coming on. No problem. I hope you're hungry. Hope you're ready for some more Chain Gourmet with Reed, who's in studio with us right now. Say hello. Hey, what's going on, guys? So this time, we went to the fine establishment of uh, Chili's. Chili's. <laughs> yes. Reed, Reed was very, very excited for this one. Why don't you? Why don't you go ahead and tell him why you love Chili's so um, much, Reed? So Chili's and I have a long history of road trips together. Um, Chili's is that kind of place you go to when like. You're stuck, you know, kind of in the middle of Idaho, but you're, like, kind of in a big town. And you're like, well, we're in the middle of nowhere. But, hey, look, there's a Chili's. Let's go eat at Chili's because that's the only thing around here, and it's really good. So I really like Chili's. Yeah, so you probably came in with a little bit of a bias. A uh, pretty heavy bias. <laughs> so bias fair not, warning. You know, there's no there's no lack of bias on this show is what I'm oh, trying no, to say. Oh, no, there is not. <laughs> oh, absolutely um, not. So why don't you – so kind of like last time, why don't, why don't you start with the, the – uh, 
the non-food experience first. How did, yeah, how did you absolutely. feel going into the restaurant? Um, Chili's doesn't really have a theme besides the color red. There is a <laughs> lot of the color red. Um, I like it, though. You know, uh, it's really inviting. And, you know, there's that whole thing that, like, the color red makes you hungry and want to eat and more, yellow. which is yep. why McDonald's does it. Um, and Chili's is a big offender because pretty much the entire interior is, like, all red. It's, like, red, gray. Their their logo is a red chili pepper. Um, and, you know, I, all that subconscious is stuff. That, is that chili pepper sometimes. hot? So, uh, yeah, definitely a hot, red hot chili pepper. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, you know, going in there, it's nice, it's inviting, it's fun. And it's definitely the kind of place where you know you're going there and you're going to eat a lot of food. <laughs> so I didn't even know going into this place that it was like a Tex-Mex restaurant. Do you think that the uh, the restaurant sort of gives off that vibe? Yeah, I mean, it's if you don't if you're the kind of person who's literally never heard of Chili's before, then you won't have any idea that it's a Tex-Mex restaurant. Um, but the second you go in there and you take a look on the menu, it becomes really obvious that oh, I'm here for Tex-Mex. Um, and you know if you really want Mexican food, don't go to Chili's because it's not Mexican food. It's definitely got heavy American influence. Um, I'd, I'd say it's like a, a sit-down Moe's, would you say, almost? No, not even. I'd say Moe's is even a little... Well, Moe's, you know, I think is too it, much too much towards the Chipotle end of things. Oh, to don't be. even compare the two. What how, the, how Okay, dare I'm you. saying in style, dare in style of restaurant, Moe's and Never Chipotle say Moe's and Chipotle in the same sentence. Uh, Chipotle's better, so I don't think... Get out of my studio. No. Get out of my studio. You invited me for this segment. I'm spitting on the pot filter. Get out of my studio. Um, Continue. I mean, you can make that comparison, because, yeah, Moe's is definitely more Tex-Mex than it's... And more better. Uh, no. Than it's counterpart restaurants, such as Chipotle. Um... Back on to Chili's. (laughs) But, yes. So, Chili's, like, I think the most, like classic style Mexican you can get there are like the fajitas or the enchiladas. Everything mm-hmm. else is like fairly like Tex-Mexy, like very heavily well, there, American. There's some American food. They just kind of, Oh yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. they have, they have burgers, they have steaks. Um, I know their ribs are really good. Yes. Their ribs are pretty, mm-hmm. pretty good. I've had them once or twice. So I think before getting into like what we all ordered, what like, you know, major part I think of Chili's is like their service. Right? What did you think about that? Yeah, their service was good. They were pretty um, busy that day, right? They, yeah, they yeah. were super busy. They were yeah. packed. I will say, compared to Olive Garden, it did take a lot longer for our, our server. That was kinda... just because we got yeah, it was, it was the really time busy. that we were there. It I will say she busy. redeemed herself, but we'll get to that at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, my God. Came in hot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the service, like other times I've been, has been just as good. And, you know, um, there's a Chili's, like, don't expect anything crazy, but you know, everyone who works there is always super nice and friendly and they're happy to get whatever you want when you ask for it. And, um, they're also, I will say super conscious about food allergies, which some other restaurants are not. So yeah, service is good. That's, I mean, you always need service. Um, that'll, that'll kind of break a good meal. Even if the food's really good, if your service being a a dick, you know, it just ruins the experience. (laughs) It does. Uh, so it goes from like service and you get in your table, uh, we got a booth and like there was, we got some pretty good games on going on. Yeah. It was like a C's game on. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of Braves and like TVs. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was all Georgia sports. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the Georgia spring game. (laughs) Um, and then 
we looked at our menu, and you know, I didn't personally know like what I had to, to get, but you kind of knew straight away what you wanted. Oh right? my god, yeah. fajitas every time! I love their <laughs> fajitas, um, and you know, I'll tend to mix it up a lot. I think the time I went before then, I got uh, one of their like Mexi bowls, which are pretty good. It's essentially the equivalent of like a Mozu Chipotle bowl, but a little more upscaled because it's sit down. Uh, but I love their fajitas. I just love the fact that you can get they like give you everything with it and. You know, they come with a ton of tortillas, yeah. and the veggies are always good, too. I, I broke my streak of getting their tortillas. I think this was the first time in years I'd knock on the tortillas. But I, I they are so reliable. Oh they give God, you absolutely. so much food, too. I don't think I've ever finished. Like I was They give you, like, stuffed. four tortillas, just a pile of chicken. Yeah, I don't think um, I've stuff, chicken Their stuff's breast, amazing. But... <laughs> well, yeah, you've never finished anything you've eaten, yeah. so that's no surprise. But... Um, so I, I broke the streak with uh, something similar. I got a, a chicken bacon ranch uh, quesadilla, which was very good. And it was, again, it was giant. I don't even think I finished it. And we ended up getting dessert. So I think I, I saved room for that. Why don't you get into what you ordered? Alex? Sure. I'm pretty sure, like, I confronted Reed. I was like, hey, what do you think I should get? Uh, and we came down to something along the lines of, like, a chicken breast. Because I didn't eat very much. And, like, I knew I couldn't handle a fajita. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I got to it, and to be honest with you, it was a little, like, rubbery, which was a little frustrating. Um, it's because, Avik, you don't go to Chili's to get a frickin' chicken breast. You go there, get some goddamn fajitas. Yeah, like, I'm not big on Mexican food, to be honest with you, and I'm only really going to eat Mexican food if there's, like, chips and salsa before, which we had to order separately. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I felt like I was stinged a little bit on the, uh, on the whole Mexican side of things. But uh, I went for the chicken breast. It was pretty good. Um, not the best, to be honest with you. My dining experience was very much like I enjoyed the area around me and like the people I was with. And that to me is like what Chili's is about. I don't know if the food was that great for me. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. This is Reed's review. So you can, you can uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. He, he passed it off to me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like when you go to like a restaurant like Chili's or Olive Garden or whatnot, I mean, you're definitely there to go with friends and eat, you know, what you expect to not be a high quality meal, but it turns out being good nonetheless because you're with the people. And when you're with people that you like, the food tends to be better just because you're already happy. When the food is cooked with love, it's always... <laughs> very, yes, very true. Um, but, you know, I also just really like Chili's food. Uh, I really love Mexican food, and therefore I also really love Tex-Mex food. So uh, Chili's definitely has a place in my heart when it comes to what they make. Mm-hmm. Do we, does he have a rating system? Yeah, so uh, we're not we're not quite there yet, but okay. yeah, it's out of ten. What we gave Alvgarn like a seven and a half, I think. Yeah, strong seven and a half. Okay, so we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to get to the dessert, and this kind of ties in with the <gasps> with the service. We ended up getting a um, oh um, a skillet the, cookie, man, the skillet cookie, and with ice cream and hot fudge, mm-hmm. and we ended up getting this to go, and the server didn't have to accommodate <laughs> us, but she boxed it all up to go. She threw in like extra ice cream, extra hot fudge. So when we got back to our, our dorm room, we had this this oh warm, savory cookie with the with the cold ice cream and then the hot fudge. Oh, it was it was so good. Do you wanna do you wanna talk a little bit about that? She hooked us she up did. big time. She's the plug, dude. Yeah. That yeah. waitress was like and she was so like friendly and chill about it too. She was like we were like You said chill? You said she was chill about it. I said she was. She was like chill. Like, she was like, like, like at a Chili's. Like like at a Chili's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow, you're so <laughs> funny. Um, no, she was so cool about it. She she came over and we were like, yeah, we'd like to have uh, one of the desserts to go. Can we get a skillet cookie? And she's like, 
yeah, sure. And, like, we kind of just expect her to come back with, like, the whole thing in one box. And, it like, the ice cream would be, like, melted when we got back to the dorm room. But she comes back with a bag. And in the bag is a box with the cookie in it. And then two containers of ice cream separate from the warm cookie. And she's like, yeah, I gave you guys some extra ice cream and some extra fudge sauce. Like, I, I want to make sure it wouldn't melt. So I put it in extra containers. Oh, and, it was like, beautiful. That That is, like, how service at restaurants should go. Like, you shouldn't even have to ask, and your server should hook you up. And, like, I normally tip very well, but, like, that's bonus points right there. Mm-hmm, definitely. I think, uh, you know, going off what you were saying, by how you've described Chili's and your experiences with Chili's, it's that they kind of know what they're doing, you know, so they kind of Yeah, do well. absolutely. Would you, would you agree? Absolutely. Um, I don't know how chili stacks up in the sense of like internal affairs compared to other restaurants of a similar category. But I think Chili's definitely has everything figured out where they have a really good system. Um, I'm sure Applebee's is very similar as well, just because I tend to put Chili's and Applebee's in the same boat. Though I will say Chili's Chili's is is far superior to Applebee's in every category. However, neither are superior to TGI Fridays, but I never get to go to TGI Fridays. Hot take. Um, Ooh, we might have to debate that a little bit on a, another pod. I say, uh, yeah, chili, pod, I think Chili's man. is better. <laughs> all right, TGI Friday's appetizers are the greatest that's, thing of all time. That's fair, and nothing can combat that. That's, that is true. The Costco that sells them because they fucking use boxed food. <laughs> but, uh, just, we'll no, they don't. Like... They make it fresh in restaurant. <laughs> you jerk. Um, no, but Chili's definitely had. They've got to have a good system internally. Everything I think runs really smoothly. Like they were so busy and we didn't even have to wait like we got in there the parking lot was pretty much full and they were like yeah we got a table for you and i'm pretty sure there were there were some people some larger groups waiting yeah there were and i mean granted we're coming with a group of four which is a very normal size for Mm -hmm. a restaurant goers and the fact that they can turn tables so quickly not only means that they're a good business because that's how you turn a better profit as a restaurant it means that their their service is so fast that they can actually turn tables fast so, clearly, whatever system they have going on there is really good. Yeah, they got something good good working there. So, do you want to give it give it a rating here? Yeah. Um, you know, this is definitely influenced by some past Chili's experiences, <laughs> but I'd give this, like, eight and a half to a nine. I really, wow. really wow. like Send Chili's. Send the bar high. Wow. Yeah. Um, Chili's. Chili's is, like, out of all my favorite chain gourmet restaurants, like, it's probably up there. TGI Friday's of, only of being superior with appetizers. <laughs> Um, no, I just mean in general, out of like every single restaurant that fits into that category, wow. like Chili's and TJ Fridays are the best. Wow. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so that does it for Chain Gourmet today. Um, we only have about, I don't know, like two more weeks here at school, two or three more weeks. So we're going to have one last Chain Gourmet here uh, this school year. It's going to be a doozy. It's going to be a big one. We are uh, going to starve ourselves for a couple weeks. Take some notes. And um, we're going to go to the the holy land, the promised land, that is Golden Corral Buffet. And we are going to gorge ourselves It's going like to be an no experience. Other. I'm going to be honest. I've never really eaten at a Golden Corral. I haven't so either. So this will be a totally unbiased Golden Corral opinion. And based off of my knowledge of Golden Corral, it's not looking to be so hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was going to make another sh- pun like you know do unto others as you know you would want done to yourself like a golden rule you know? oh my uh, God. Uh, leave. These puns. Leave. 
leave. They're too much. But I don't know, Avik will have like a little, little tiny plate of like <laughs> some, you know. <laughs> and I will have multiple plates, probably of all steak. <laughs> but we'll see if we survive that experience. Um, I know if I If not, will. it's been great doing Chain Gourmet with you, buddy. It's been great having me here yeah. doing Chain Gourmet, you know. <laughs> I wish I could speak, but. <laughs> well, we'll see you in the next next couple pods. We got some good good content coming up. So we'll, we'll see you, buddy. Sounds great. back guys i hope you enjoyed read uh and we are now joined with our our normal uh co-host here avik yeah i'm back but you know what i'd be down to have reed as another co-host he was fantastic yeah reed was awesome i love talking game of yeah. thrones with that guy love talking food with that guy oh yeah he got me hungry for sure <laughs> <laughs> that was a mistake i should have eaten before <laughs> so before we get into the nba and some some big news we got today with steph mm-hmm. um i just want to Hit on a couple uh, key NFL points real quick. In case you forgot the NFL existed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you didn't because it's all over ESPN. Oh, yeah. Um, not even going to talk about Johnny Manziel. Uh, <laughs> but we got the NFL draft coming up on Thursday. I could go on about that for an hour, but I'm sure you guys don't really care, and I'm sure Alec really doesn't care that much. <laughs> What's the um, NFL draft? <laughs> <laughs> but we got probably the, the two big pieces of news this week were Josh Norman and then today Tom Brady. So, me being our in-house <laughs> Panthers say, expert. Let's start with the obvious Panthers. <laughs> so, I really do not care that Josh Norman left. Where did he leave to, by the way, in case the viewers don't know? Or he went to the Washington uh, professional football team. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> that that team. Yes. Um, I really don't care. This Big did contract, not, too. This did not affect me at all. It was five years, $75 million, which is a lot of money. This makes mm-hmm. him the most paid cornerback in the NFL. Ahead of Revis, ahead of Sherman. Revis has of... his own island named after him. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this really doesn't bother me at all. Mm-hmm. The Panthers, we are about the team. It is the team over any one individual. And I know, oh, the Cam, he's so selfish. Cam's a team guy. Shut up. Yeah. Cam is a team guy. We need guys like... And I'll, I'll stop saying we. I'm, people might not like the Homer thing. You know what? Thing. I mean, you know what? The thought popped up in my I'm head. I'm a fan. Like, I don't care. I have like hundreds really of hundreds cares? of dollars of Panthers merchandise. Yeah. Without the fans, the team doesn't make any yeah, money. Yeah, semantics. So we are a part of the team. Yeah. So the Panthers, and I think a lot of teams around the league, uh, a growing number of teams around the league, because I think a lot of teams are trying to be like the Panthers with what they did last year. I mean, 15-1, and one, got to the Super Bowl. We're looking for guys who are team first, guys like Charles Johnson, who will take about a 50% pay cut to stay with us. We released him. He went out on the free agent market, was going to go for about $6 million. He came back with us for one year, $3 million. So then Josh Norman comes up, and he's demanding more money. We offered him four years, $44 million, about $11 million a year. He goes out, and he gets $15 million a year. And this is a guy who cried after last year's Super Bowl who was so torn up about losing, and now he goes out and he signs with the team for the money. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I don't blame the dude uh, for, like, going out for the – four million a year more is, like, a lot. And, like, if – it's up to, like, the player to decide, like, hey, this is what I value and whatnot. It's not what the team values, which is, I think, what, like, ended up clashing. Um, and, like, he's going to be a benefit to a team somewhere. Uh, 
I think like this just stuff kind of happens, you know. It happens with Super Bowl teams for mm. sure. Like yeah. Cam Chancellor, like that whole thing happened. Sort of reminds me of the same thing. Oh no, it wasn't Cam. It Chancellor. was um, um, Brandon Browner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who is now back with the Seahawks? Recently. Yeah. So I don't know. Like it's it seems very much like a Josh Norman thing to do. Yeah. You know what? Let him get his money. Yeah. It's fine. I'm not worried. Our defense is not based around individual corner talent. Yeah. yeah. It's based around our scheme. It's based around our offensive line with. Coney Ely, Charles Johnson, Kwan Short, Star Lutilele, and then our linebackers with obviously Keekley Davis, now Shaq Thompson. Yeah. We can we can fill guys in. We got Benet Ben Wickery coming back who had a great season last year. We can go in the draft. This draft is stacked at the corner. I'm not worried at all. I I really I'd rather have a guy like that out of the locker room. And you saw our GM Dave Gettleman with Steve Smith and now Josh Norman. Yeah, he's yeah, really Steve about a, great example. a cohesive mm-hmm. locker room mm-hmm. and guys who are distractions. You know, he kind of gets rid of them. Yeah, no, I think the uh, Steve Smith is like a great, uh, great way to compare it to because like they didn't hurt too badly. They made the Super yeah, Bowl after the now they have Kelvin, know? now they have Devin yeah. Funchess. Yeah, we're fine, and I I trust in Dave Gettleman. Now we have like the fourth most salary cap in the league. We're going to be able to go out and re-sign Quan Shore, Star Lutilele, and we're going to be able to get some free agents. Another subplot not related to the Panthers I'm really interested in is Odell and Josh Norman facing off twice a year. Odell and Dez facing off twice a year. That's going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah, oh yeah. It's uh, This is one of the strange situations where like someone leaves the team, like someone that was like a big part, and like... It doesn't hurt either side too badly. You know, exactly. Norman got his benefits. Yeah. The Redskins got... had enough money to pay him. Yeah. This is a really good cornerback. I mean, he probably was padded a little bit by our line and our linebackers, but he's a good player. Yeah. You can't deny that. It's just so going to make the league teams, a little bit more fun to watch, too. Yes. Yeah. Both teams benefit. Mm-hmm. Also, quick side note, Eagles traded up to the second pick in the draft. Now Sam Bradford wants to be traded. That'll be interesting to see. Another team for Sam Bradford? Exactly, I, I know. <laughs> it's so funny that both of the teams, you know, the Eagles and Rams swapped quarterbacks a year ago. Uh, yeah, now yeah. they have the top two picks in the draft, and they're both going to draft new quarterbacks. Oh, well, so that's funny. Downside um, of the draft. One thing that I think isn't positive for all the league is the whole Tom Brady Oh, jeez. <laughs> I thought we were done with Deflate yeah. Game, man. Um, I thought Twitter was over it. It's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought people were over it. It's not. Like, this whole... If you, like, just going into it. So, basically, the appeals court, like, is not cool with, like, the dis- or they reinforced the decision that, yes. you know, another four, the four-game suspension will stay for Tom They Brady. basically decided that Goodell was right. Yes. Um, Which is just preposterous, yeah, by the I, way. <laughs> I kind of hate that I, like, that we even have to talk about this again. Cause I, I, thought, wanna, I don't want to talk about it. I thought everyone had agreed it was so, I actually, like, the very beginning of this podcast, which is when this whole thing was going on, we were like, we don't want to talk about Deflate Gate. Yeah. And I thought we were done with it. Like, I thought, uh, yeah, that was, I mean, when we started this podcast, podcast, it was over a year yeah. since Deflate Gate was a thing. And now we're still talking about it. I can't it. believe it. Like a year and a half later. I'm it's just, so dumb. Like, I want to ask the question, like, why would the appeals court do this? Uh, it's, but, I think it's just Goodell not wanting to be wrong. Yeah. I think it's just him saving face. Yeah, but then then it gets into the whole thing that, like, the NFL is so freaking big that, like, I think it affected the appeals court in a way. Yeah. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. I, there's, like, there's no logical reason for me to, for, like, this four, four, ga- four games of a season. Like, yeah. you're so losing dumb. a quarter of the season for an all-star quarterback that gets you, you know, wherever, you know, gets you to your position every year. Over an absurd, absurd thing. I and cannot yeah, believe this. Garoppolo is a decent backup. He's fine. But Tom Brady is, he's probably the best quarterback. He is the best quarterback in the mm-hmm. league right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and it just it's insane. It's so dumb. And I I love the NFL. It's my it's my favorite sport. I love the Panthers. I will always be a Panthers fan. But man, the NFL is just with what they do with in terms of like do, domestic violence, mm. how they treat that. I mean, Greg Hardy got like yeah. a slap on the wrist. Ray Rice. I mean, he's out of league now, but yeah, but like, oh, it's it's, it's disgusting at times. And con- the concussion going on. Oh. It kind of sucks because it's like it's definitely an institutional thing with the whole NFL, but you only really like I hear it a lot because I'm surrounded by Pats fans, and so like when it affects your team, you realize how crazy like this institution has become, uh, and like you know when you have things like the you know the slap on the wrist for domestic violence, it's like oh it doesn't affect my team, that's a bad thing. What am I gonna do about it? You know, mm-hmm. uh, but there should be something done about this. I obviously we can't look to ESPN to be like oh like. This is terrible. Yeah. No, ESPN has fired people for criticizing the NFL. Yeah. Like multiple people. Simmons. It's too was big, fired. man. It's too yeah. big. The Podfather. And that's what kind of like is just so bad about like this whole deflategate thing and not wanting to talk about it because it's like, what's going to come out of it? You know, we're yeah. going to talk about it. We're going to get caught in a cycle of like rage and then nothing changes. Yeah. But, but before we move on, just this, par- I'm developing this parallel right now. <laughs> I- I'm kind of seeing similarities between the NFL and Trump. Like, Trump hmm. comes out every week with a new absurd line, <laughs> and nobody changes their opinion of him. That's and the so NFL true. keeps doing all this shit, all this absurd shit, and everybody's still going to watch the NFL. Oh, my God. Wow. That's, that's like, a mind-blowing, like, <laughs> that is a real theory right there. I think, I think we just... I think we just elevated our podcast. Let's take it a step further. Goodell kind of looks like Trump. Got, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, the re- red weird hair. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um... I yeah. think, yeah, that's enough, though. I don't want to talk about the NFL and until, about until that. July. It sucks, though. We're going to have to deal with it for the first four weeks of the season. And yeah. then afterwards, we'll be like, what would happen if Tom Brady was playing? Yeah, it's, it's going to suck. And then you're going to have fantasy stuff with, oh, can we take Brady True. in the second round? True. So it's going to ah, – I'm sick of it. Well, we're over it. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Um, so we never got to do our NBA playoffs preview. Yeah, but the, our last podcast was uh, – before the playoffs have started. But now. we are right in the middle of things. Mm-hmm. And actually... And things I, have gotten weird. <laughs> yeah, things have gotten a little weird. I actually thought about going to the Hornets game tonight, but I, I chose the podcast over the Hornets game. <laughs> Look at that, guys. Um, I chose you over Kemba. Just, just, <laughs> just think about that. What can I, I got to yeah make up for that. So <laughs> I got to make a clutch shot in the, in the podcast. <laughs> but... This, the playoffs have been kind of boring, to be honest. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I was, that's been the, the overall storyline so far. That's why it seems so weird when, like, really one big thing has changed. Because, like, it seems like each game is a blowout in some way or another. Um, and when a team gets a victory, like, let's say, with the Dallas series, Dallas has one game that, that they won um, that they probably shouldn't have. But, like, that's a, you only got the win because it was just kind of a fluke. And it just kind of sucks knowing that the first round is – it's a uh, – not as exciting as it normally is. Yeah. Um, but that being said, there is – I want to start talking about, you know, with the Celtics and the Hawks series. That, to me, has been the only series I've been able to watch and, like, have that same sort of playoff feel that yeah. I normally have. That's been a really, really good series. Yeah. You saw last night with Marcus Smart and Isaiah Thomas just kind of taking over down the stretch. And not I've like always... there hasn't been blowouts in that series. They oh, should, yeah. There oh, should yeah. have been the blowouts. The first two games were, were – Pretty, but the Celtics closed in, you know. Yes, like they exactly. Yeah. And I will say the Pacers Raptors series is, is oh, yeah. very competitive too. That's but, very true. Uh, does really? anybody really like Yeah. I know I know he said the Raptors. 
for sleeper yeah. for um, Eastern Conference the Eastern finals. Conference Finals and for the NBA Finals. But I don't know with the Cavs. The Cavs sign that seem they to be hitting their today. stride. They sweep today. Now they have the Celtics and Hawks battling it out. I mean, you saw Avery Bradley get injured. Mm-hmm. These teams are just gonna. I think this is gonna go seven. Both teams are gonna be. I think so too. Beat the hell up. I and the like Cavs are gonna get uh, a injured team no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah, the Cavs are gonna get to sit for a while, which yeah. I think is what sort of makes a lot of these series not more irrelevant, but like there's more uh, of there's a pressure a to win quick. Yeah, uh, because mm-hmm. the the more you make. You know, the more games you play, this may seem obvious, but, like, just the stronger LeBron is going to get. Like, exactly. You know, and you don't want to let that get out of control. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to the West in a second, but going back to the, the Raptors Pacers, like, the, this isn't good for the Raptors. I mean, they dropped two out of four to the Pacers, who, yes, Paul George is playing out of his mind at this oh, point. Yeah. But they're not a great team. Um, I just, DeMar DeRozan's playing really well. Kyle Lowry's obviously a fantastic point guard. But I think the winner of the Cavs and then the Hawks Celtics series. I think that's going to be who's representing the East in the finals. Yeah, I think so too. I'm I'm really I was super surprised that Toronto was having such a, you know, was struggling so much yeah, with the Yeah, I thought they were going to take this in 5 or 6. Um and I totally bought into the uh to the sleeper pick and you know what they still might be. Um but historically Toronto like while they've had a really good team and now they have our, you know, the Hawks Demar Carroll which, you know, they should just get even better. <laughs> uh they they, I'm just going to say, they suck in the playoffs, Yeah, man. not a good history. <laughs> yeah. Drake really needs to hype them up a little bit. Seriously. Uh, though uh, He might be banned from a few teams. I don't know, <laughs> like, you know, too much involvement. Uh, I will say the Heat are looking really good against the Hornets. The Hornets, I had high hopes for them. They just won their first playoff game in what? It was like 12, 13 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is great. It's good to see. Which is good to see, yes. It's really good to see I mean, a just team a couple like years that. ago, they were the Bobcats, and they were by far the worst team in the league every year. <laughs> by far, yeah. They were the Sixers of before the Sixers were the Sixers. <laughs> so it's good to see them. I just, with the Heat, they're just, uh, they're they just, could have an easy matchup with the Toronto or uh, Indiana, but I think the Cavs have found their stride with uh, Love at the 5, LeBron at the 4. Kyrie's playing really well. Kyrie's playing really well. He mm-hmm. had an insane game a couple nights ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really think it's going to be the Cavs, the Hawks, or the Celtics. Yeah, and like, it's sort of what everyone thought it would be in the East—that it's just going to play itself out. Who plays LeBron? Um, and while each matchup isn't as important in the greater scheme of things, it is important for the development of the East. And you're seeing, yeah, uh-huh. Pacers are playing really well now that they've got their, you know, their whole Paul George identity back. Uh, uh, the Heat are looking like they're going to recover really strong when Chris Bosh comes back. Yeah. Um, and Celtics Hawks. That's Celtics. A, that's a really good point. Yeah, they've been. You know, you have Isaiah Thomas dropping forty points. Yeah. Um. He's becoming that guy that he's always want, always wanted to be. Paul Millsap dropped forty five. Uh. You know, the Hawks have now become their defensive team. Uh, last year they were the offensive. Yeah, they team. really found their identity. The East is looking good yeah. for the future. Exactly. Yeah. And even the the Pistons, who did get swept, they have a good young core. They really. <laughs> I don't think Reggie Jackson dribbling around in ISO is going to be a great like fourth quarter uh, game plan in the future. Yeah, but I think seven out of these eight teams, even the Hornets, they've been you know underperforming in the playoffs, but they still have Kemba. They mm-hmm. still have Jeremy Lin had a great game a couple mm-hmm. nights ago in their win with eighteen. They still have Big Al down low. They have like Kaminsky. Mm-hmm. Um, so even that team, I-, I could see maybe like next year the Wizards getting the mix if they get Beal back. I know you yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, the Wizards and now they have Scotty Brooks. 
for a head coach. Yeah, thank God. Um, so that'll be interesting. But yeah, yeah, I really like your point that this is kind of like the foundation of the East going forward. Yeah, so that looks really good. Uh, going over to the West, big, big news today. Steph has oh, an man. MCL sprain, going to be out at least two weeks. He's going to be reevaluated after that. So it's not, you know, thankfully it's not a tear. It's not an ACL. Yeah, man. Which is, oh, I would that would have been awful. Even this is killing me right now. Like, I know. You, it's weird as like a, you know, just from like a viewer. Well, what else am I? I'm just a viewer. But like uh, <laughs> while I'm watching these games, uh, I've just gone throughout the whole season having Steph Curry there. Um, you know, and then it all kind of caught up to him, I think. You know, you, you, you got to start playing playoff basketball. It sort of gets to you. Um, but I'm wondering what the identity now is going to be for Golden State. Yeah, I could I could see it going two ways. I could see Clay just absolutely take over. Or I could see him going with a very, very balanced attack with Livingston. Yeah, Draymond. Draymond. Harrison Barnes. I could definitely see Harrison Barnes taking a bigger role. They yeah. might have to play a little bit bigger more often with Bogut, Bogut. at the five. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Draymond at the four instead of the, the five. Uh, but I'm really – I mean, they're still the Warriors. They're still going to win the series probably, probably in the, the next, next game. game. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, they still blew out the Rockets with half a game and no Steph Clay, Curry. Clay went off, you know. Clay went off. Yeah. Um, so and then they they have the the Clippers most likely next. Although the Blazers don't sleep on the Blazers, don't sleep on CJ McCollum, most improved player. He's playing out of his mind. Oh yeah, with Dame Dalla. Dame Dalla. Um, so that could be a series. They both of those teams get beat up. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're gonna have too much of a problem with the Clippers or the Blazers. I think the Clippers would be a better series. Mm-hmm. But I think we're just destined for Spurs Warriors. And if Steph can get back for that, which I think he can. Yeah. I think he can. I hope that's going to be one would, hell of a series. Yeah. It would really, you know, just suck if Steph wasn't able to come back because I want to see, like, the full potential of this team. But uh, when we mentioned the Spurs, I have to say today is Tim Duncan's 40th birthday. Jeez, and he's, he's an in the alien. freaking, like, playoffs doing like, really well. Him and Dirk are just, they're going to play until they're 80. Like, who knows? Like, I don't even understand what water this guy's drink you know drinks from if it's like <laughs> definitely not the front water youth. but you know oh yeah <laughs> I mean, that's why the pistons played so bad yeah. um, but it's just insane i love that you know the, that san antonio just kind of just went in there did their work swept that and yeah just really on. take care of business yeah. none of those games were really that close yeah it wasn't close mm-hmm. to be honest it wasn't that fun but like yeah who cares but, you know, yeah they're exactly. taking care of business and now they're gonna have like what probably like a week of rest yeah uh it's like a 3-1 series uh, with OKC, yeah, but, but the Blazers Clippers game or series could go that could go seven. Yeah, it's probably six, five or six, but most likely six or seven. I think the Spurs are like have benefited the most out of this whole playoff series. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I, I'm, I don't want to say benefit, but there is a benefit to step. No, to I, step I definitely three, agree. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because um, now if he comes back, they got to the Golden State has to figure themselves out. San Antonio has known what they've been doing for years. Yeah, and now they're going to have their rest with their older players. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's looking as expected, even mm-hmm. with this bump in the West. So with not having a preview pod last week, do you want to just run through? I know we have – we're kind of cheating oh, yeah, a little yeah, bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so for my finals, I'm going to go with – that's kind of on the spot. I didn't really think of this before. <laughs> that's what we do here. My, my gut says – Spurs Cavs, mm-hmm. but but my heart, my heart, <laughs> my heart, my soul <laughs> says Warriors Celtics. Oh, and I, I would think that would be a phenomenal that. series. Isaiah, I, Steph. I really want to see the Celtics in the finals. Not just because I'm from New England, 
I mean, the Suns are my number one. The Suns. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> well, don't get yourself so, yeah. down in that depression hole. <laughs> right now, the Celtics are my favorite team. Yeah. I mean, yay. No, uh, but I really like watching this team. They're so young. Obviously, great coaching with President Stevens. <laughs> I'd love to see that series. But I'm just thinking the Spurs with uh, possibly out definitely hurt Steph Curry. Could definitely beat the Warriors. And then the Cavs with Love at the Five look really good. Yeah. And Kyrie is playing out of his mind. LeBron is LeBron. Um, so those are my, I know I'm cheating a little bit, but those are my two picks for the finals matchups. I like that too. Uh, I I just don't see the Warriors recovering here. I think they've gone too long in the season with, you know, their their current identity, the way they've been playing, you know, lights out threes, uh, just everyone, you know, working in unison. So I feel like the Spurs are going to be the t- the team in the West. Uh, and, you know, I do like what you're saying about the Celtics, though I feel like the Cavs just, in terms of that matchup, they just outmatch them way too well. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't again, know how like, they would deal with, you know, Kevin Love and all that. But I like the thought. Yeah, uh, Like I said, my heart. Yeah. My heart says it. Yeah, I don't think uh, Jonas Jerebko is going to, you know, be able to. <laughs> I'm going to have to go more resident sleeper and just go Cavs-Spurs probably. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's. Still make a great series. Uh-huh. Really, I think it would be almost more competitive than the last time they played. Yeah, I think so. I think that would be a really good series. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think, I know everybody's been saying this, but just a three-horse race, Warriors-Spurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cavs, the Thunder. I could see them bringing the Spurs to six, uh, maybe seven if Durant and yeah. Westbrook go off. But uh, Billy Billy Donovan's not a long term coach. I yeah, don't, which which kind of uh, sucks. He did great in college. He'll yeah. find himself a team in you mm-hmm. know in the NBA. There's plenty of teams that need him. Uh, but uh, it's looking kind of boring, but great. Great. It's going to make for great basketball. Yes, I think the the conference finals are going to be incredible. Second uh, round is definitely going to be better than the first yeah. round. We have too many I mean, blocks can't this first round. Worse. It's not yeah. going to continue this way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that about wraps it up, but I just want to mention one quick thing with the NBA. Uh, Tom Thibodeau signed as Tibbs. coach of the T-Wolves. Mm-hmm. I am so excited That's gonna be for this T-Wolves team. Same, dude. You got Carl Anthony Towns, you got Zach Levine, and you got Wiggins. This looks like, a lot like – I know other people have said this. This, this looks like – an OKC from like six years ago. Yeah, I was gonna say an OKC. Um, if you you know maybe like a, a oh, Bogut Warriors sort yeah, of, sort of yeah, team, yeah. Uh, which is just awesome to think about that we could have another yeah. player there. Tibbs is a really he's a really good coach, and he was just out of the league this year. I think he I think he deliberately made the decision to go to the West because the East is only getting stronger. He's mm-hmm. dealt with the East for so long. And I mean, why wouldn't you want to go to a team like this yeah. with the young talent they have, and they have. They're going to have a good draft pick, too. They could get a player. This is like the year for them. Next year is the year for them to really pounce. You know, they're going to try to develop their, so, their identity next year. I agree. I think it's going to take them like two or three. Oh, totally. With a new coach, yeah, it always does. I think they could be like an eight seed next year. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll probably take them a little while to get used to Tibbs. He demands a lot from his players defensively. So I've heard. Um, with the Bulls. Uh, can you imagine if this team like wins the lottery or gets one of the top two picks, bringing on Ben Simmons or Ingram there? That would be nuts. That'd be crazy. That'd be that'd be fun to watch, though. Yeah, this you know, but uh, the T Wolves are the kind of team that make you want to get league pass. You yeah, because yeah. you really want to watch those games. That That's would be, a really good point. Yeah, maybe maybe we can like split one next yeah, year. Yeah, we'll, we'll call yeah. it a league pass team. All right. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's crazy. Wiggins like 
very, very quietly averaged like 21 a game this year. I was just going to say, he like I don't think anyone really noticed how many, yeah. how many buckets this dude was putting up. He's so good. So athletic. And But they did when they beat the uh, when they beat the Warriors. They were like, mm-hmm. wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Wigan, yeah. yeah he's gonna be <laughs> this good. dude was like a top draft yeah, pick. Yeah, he's going to be a perennial all-star. And then Towns is just a monster. Yeah. He's playing great. I'm really happy to yeah. see that. Really happy. So I think that wraps it up. We had a great pod today. This, dare I say, best one yet? A- absolutely a special episode of <laughs> a very special, special one <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so thank you guys for joining us um hopefully we'll be back next week if not definitely in two weeks um just a little crazy with finals here but we got big plans so hyped to have game of thrones every week we'll have Reed in <laughs> we'll have alex in soon it's like learning a different language when i hear you guys talk about that <laughs> <Hey>, really <laughs> i'll have to we'll have to throw you in sometime. yeah, yeah. <laughs> see how you do on the fly but thank you guys for tuning in and we'll we'll see you soon